0: this is bariatric life podcast with amanda and chris we are not doctors nor have we ever played one on tv please follow your doctor's advice we are expressing our own opinions you can always reach us on instagram at bariatric life podcast or on amanda's instagram at amandas vsg thanks for listening check out the show Hello, and welcome to Bariatric Podcast. I don't even know the name. (laughs) (laughs) Bariatric Life Podcast. This is Amanda.
1: And this is Chris.
0: Today, we're talking with Shelly. Hi, Shelly. Hey, Shelly.
1: Hi. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. If you could, give us your Instagram handle.
1: Yes, it's Shelly Snow. That's it. Just at Shelly Snow.
0: When I first saw it, I thought it said Shelly's now. <laughs> and I was like, she's serious about that now. Living in the that's moment. That's right. It's right now. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'm living in the moment. And have you had weight loss surgery? I have. I had um
1: the Dewaddle switch surgery back in September of 2020.
0: Oh, so you're so almost two years. years. Yep. And if you're comfortable sharing, what was your highest weight?
1: My highest weight was 365.
0: And where are you now?
1: Right now, I am at 182, but I'm actually seven and a half months pregnant.
0: Oh. Wow,
2: congratulations.
1: <laughs> Thank you. It was quite the surprise. Like, I'm 41 years old. It was not something that we were planning on doing. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you
1: know what? Bariatric surgery changes your life. So.
0: It does. <laughs> and now you've got a new one to welcome into the world. That's so very true. Did you have a goal weight in mind?
1: Um, I wanted to get down to about 165 to 170. And that's actually where I was when I got pregnant. So um, that was really what I, you know, my surgeon, actually, he said that I should probably get down to 150. But I felt like I was pretty, pretty good. size. I'm 5'8". And I'm pretty athletic. So like getting much smaller than that didn't really feel right to me. So
0: yeah. And so then how much have you gained with your pregnancy so far?
1: Um, I've gained just about 18.
0: Wow. 18, so.
1: Yeah, and I I was really kind of nervous there for the first. I, I actually just gained like six pounds this last week. And I'll be honest, like the weight gain has been like, it's such a mind trip. Like it really screws with your head. Yeah. And I'm all belly. So everything's up front. And that's like the last place that you want to gain weight. <laughs> and so I'm like, I have not like people from see me from behind and they're always like, Oh, I didn't know you were pregnant when I turned to the side. Actually, my nephew told me the other day, he's five. He's like, from the front, you can't even tell. But when you turn to the side, oh, yeah, you look pregnant. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so, much. And you so like- But I have been yeah. gaining weight, so I was worried. Um, but this last couple of weeks, I've gained about 10, probably 10 pounds in the last two weeks, six this week alone. So,
0: Yeah, I hear a lot of people that get pregnant after they don't gain very much weight. And it's just how it is.
1: Yeah. The doctor, I told him, I was like, I'm really nervous. And he's like, no, you're exactly where I want you to be. I'm like, okay, I'll stop worrying then. But oh, um, think. yeah, it's definitely, I don't know. I guess it's, I it's just hard to gain weight again. Like, yeah. You work so hard and you, yeah. you know, you try <laughs> to keep that, that healthy mentality and to eat well. And I've tried to do that, maintain, maintain that through the pregnancy and, um, and then just to gain weight on top of it. It's just, it's just, just oh, yeah with
2: it's got to be a total mind trip like you're you've been focused on a goal of loss and then now all of a sudden loss is counter to what really needs to happen
0: yeah
1: very true very true yeah so why so, did you
0: choose weight loss surgery
1: um you know i a, i have a really active job so i've i've been healthy most of my life i'm a sports massage therapist and i and i work I mean, before I was pregnant, I was working sixty plus hours a week and doing a lot of hands-on, so I'm, I had a really active job. So, like, I didn't really have problems with like cholesterol or blood pressure. I didn't really have. I ha- I was pre-diabetic, but I wasn't diabetic yet. And so, I just kind of just kept thinking, "Well, I'm healthy. It's not that big of a deal." And <clears throat> and then one day, I saw a picture of myself, and you know, you kind of had an idea in your head of, you know, you you knew you were bigger, but then when you see the picture, and it it was so much worse than I thought in my head. Yeah. And it just, I started thinking about it then. And that was about six years before I actually had surgery. And, and, um, it, it, I, I actually got bigger. I probably put on 50 more pounds after that and just got to the point where it was so, and I remember cause my best friend, she, she's really athletic. She CrossFits and she's like six foot and 150 pounds. She's like this muscular Amazon woman And she was like trying, she had put on about 15 pounds and she was trying to lose it. And it was so, she was struggling so hard to lose these 15 pounds. It took her about six months to take them off. And she's like, I started thinking about you and how much weight you needed to lose and how daunting that must've been and how difficult it was for me just to lose 15 pounds. And she's like, I think that you should really consider surgery again. And so that she put that in my head, and I didn't have surgery for another four or five months, and it was mostly because it was right in in COVID time, right? And so like it was kind of scary to, and I went to Mexico, so like, um, it was kind of it was kind of scary to do that. Um,
0: What part of it, Mexico did you go to?
1: Um, I went to Tijuana. I had surgery at Tijuana. I don't know if I'm supposed to say the name, but Tijuana Bariatrics. So okay, um, and so it was it was just wasn't um when you start thinking about how much weight you actually have to lose, it's just not feasible.
0: Yeah. And I lost,
1: I lost 200 pounds. Like that would, and I'm, and I was 39 when I had surgery. So like, that's just a lot of weight to take off on your own. There's, mm. It's just, it's almost impossible. So
0: that that you, was the biggest reason. Sorry. Why'd you, why you choose that particular procedure?
1: Um. So I had a, another friend who had gone down and she had had the gastric sleeve done down at Tijuana Bariatrics, and so, um, and then she had gone, she had it done in 2011, and then in 2015, she had lost about 100 pounds and couldn't lose any more, and so she had gone down to do the duodenal switch and had to do the revision, and it was a really tough revision. She ended up in the hospital with some complications, and she was just like, just, when I, talk, when I talked to her about it to get the recommendation to have surgery, she was like, just do the duodenal switch to start and so that's what i i told them i wanted to do and i paid for it to put the deposit down and then when i got down there the day of surgery they were all like wow it's a really intense surgery i had not like they scared the crap out of me i didn't have any idea it was going to be so like it was such a big deal until i got down there but now i'm really grateful that i did it like um i've heard of so many other complications like i don't get dumping syndrome if i and which was great because baby loves sugar so like that's another <laughs> The hardest thing is like I like I'll get done like eating my healthy salad and then she wants an ice cream and I'm like oh I'm so glad I don't have dumping <laughs> syndrome so I'm like dying afterwards, um but for the most part I I'm really glad that I did it uh, um and one of the when I was doing research one of the the reasons that I've that I was really grateful was that the regain the level of regain is really low like the percentages are lower so. Uh-huh. So, So, but it is, it is an extensive surgery. So like, if you're thinking about it, you should definitely do your research because it is a 60% malabsorption and it's definitely been complicated being pregnant. So I've been on some vitamin IVs and things like that throughout most of my pregnancy.
0: We were just talking to our daughter about that yesterday. She's kind of thinking about doing the weight loss surgery route and we, she's young and we were like, you know, maybe not do one that has absorption issues because someday you'll want to to have children
1: Yeah. yeah it's definitely definitely does complicate that and if you if you can do the sleeve and you can stick with it like that's what I would definitely recommend that like I think that's probably the best way to go
0: so did you attempt to do it through your insurance at all or did you just go with the Tijuana route
1: no, so I'm actually self-employed, so I didn't have insurance. So like the T1R right. route was the only way for me that was going to make it possible. Um, and then I actually found a doctor up here, um, up in I'm I'm from Utah, so I I found a doctor here who worked with bariatric patients that was really supportive. Actually, like uh, most of the physicians I talked to were like, "Don't go to Mexico," and and I <laughs> they're like. It's there's so many complications, and I'm like, yeah, but you work in a profession where that's what you see. Yeah, you see all the complications. You don't see all the successes. They don't come to see you. They you only see the bad stuff. Oh,
2: that is such a good point. Yeah, I was about to say I I feel like that particular view that that your that particular physician had. I'm sorry, it is. Like you just said, like you only see the negative side. Like people aren't gonna come to you and be like, hey, I had surgery in Mexico. I'm not nothing's wrong. I just want you to check me out, make sure everything's fine. I'm
0: doing great. Yeah.
2: Right. Like I nobody goes to the dentist because, hey, everything's great. I don't need a cleaning, no (laughs) toothache. I just wanted you to know I'm doing great. Thanks.
1: That's a, yeah, that's exactly right. And I like we had a I, I talked to a couple of them that were like, well, we, there's I guess there I got to them to admit, I guess there's as many problems in the US as there is in Mexico. So yeah. it didn't it like to me, it just seemed like the best route. Like, I can't I looked at doing a cash pay here in the States and like the cheapest I could find in my state was almost $22,000 yep. Yeah, which, and and you spend one night in the hospital and then you go home. And I mean, in, in Mexico, I was able to bring a companion. I had the surgery. Like um, I stayed in the uh, hospital for three days. And then I was in the, com- w- at the concierge hotel for another three days. And so, was- and all
0: of that was for less than <laughs> 10. Oh, see. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same problem. I had insurance, but it, they didn't cover it, and it was going to be about twenty five here, and I was able to go. I went to a different part of Mexico, and it was eighty five hundred dollars. Yeah, I, it's just I had the same thing. Like I had transportation. I mean, not my flight, but like transportation to Mexico. I had beautiful uh, facility, and you know, wonderful uh, care and treatment.
1: My mom, we were on the phone after surgery and she's like, what's the hospital like? And I'm like, it looks like a hospital in the States, except for it's like a boutique hospital. I mean, my bathroom had a walk-in shower with heated floors and several like jetted heads. And I was like, this is like nice. Like the only difference is they didn't drywall the walls. You see the cinder block. It's just painted. Like, you know, that was, it was a beautiful facility. So I think people have a misconception of what, um, what um, medical tourism actually is like
0: yeah so So what was since you didn't have all the like insurance requirements what kind of requirements did i'm having trouble speaking (laughs) (laughs) what kind of requirements did they have um so the big thing was the doctor
1: um we because it was during covid like we couldn't um there was a lot of other restrictions like you know like I had to have the COVID test. We had to wear a 95 mask in the hospital and in the airport, things like that. But um, really the only thing that he required of me was that I lost 30 pounds before I started. So, and I just barely, like barely made it. Like, I think I was at 365 when I weighed in the first time and I was at like 333, I think. (laughs) That or three, 323 that's what it was 323 when i when i had surgery so actually i didn't that would be 10 more pounds so like i did make it so like they just wanted us to show that
2: commitment.
1: we yeah we were committed to like actually losing weight so that it wasn't just um something that we were going to do and then not fall through with so that was the bait the main thing for him um to make sure that we and he i it took me three months to save up the money to do it so i paid the deposit and then i worked for three months to save the money up to, to go down. And, and he checked in with me every other week. Like he'd do a Skype call and check in with me and see how I was doing. So he made sure that er, him or somebody from his staff. And so they, they really did like keep on top of making sure that I was doing my part. That's great. Um, I, yeah. I felt like it was really great that way because I heard a lot of you know horror stories about well not really horror stories but just like people being like once I had surgery it just didn't or once I paid my deposit they didn't care like they were just it was just for the money and he didn't want it to be like that like he he made very clear at the beginning like this was a help thing and 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 then they I'm sure it's like this with I, I looked at a couple of other clinics but I'm sure it's like with all the clinics they had like the first year I had a a nutritionist that worked with me and checked in with me every month. And then they required blood work for the first year to be sent to them. And, and so once I got to that year mark, um, the surgeon actually called me and chatted with me, made sure that I was satisfied and things were good. And then, you know, like I still check in with them periodically, but I don't like follow those protocols anymore. I don't send in blood work or work with the nutritionist. So,
0: yeah. Did you have any complications with your surgery?
1: I didn't, not even one. Um, there, I've had some malabsorption issues with, like, like I said, the vitamins being pregnant. But before that, I didn't have any any complications. Like, I, I haven't been to the hospital at all. All my blood works come back normal until I got pregnant. My iron's always been a little bit low, so that seems to be the thing that I absorb the least is iron. Um, but it was always in normal ranges until I got pregnant. So
0: that's great. And you had mentioned being pre diabetic prior. are you pre-diabetic
1: no the i i didn't even have i don't even have gestational diabetes so like i was yeah it's been awesome um and i had pcos as well before um before surgery as well i like that's one of the i mean i we really didn't plan on getting pregnant I iud and i had pcos like i thought for sure that we were good and apparently bariatric surgery also fixes pcos (laughs) yeah
0: yeah (laughs) Uh, i've heard a lot of people say that i hadn't heard that before
1: Mm -hmm. i haven't had any hormonal issues at all all everything's been in normal ranges since since i got down to my goal weight well actually even before that so like after the first six months i'd lost about 90 pounds in the first six months and after i got about there that's when i stopped having any kind of like hormonal issues i was able to come off all of my like um medications, everything that I was taking just to regulate like the estrogen and and testosterone levels. So
0: that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it was really great. Like I I have I'm getting off metformin was like, that was like the goal of my life. Because even though I wasn't diabetic, I was just pre diabetic. They had me on metformin and that stuff messes you up. Yeah, it does. So I wanted to get off of that. And so and it only took about six months to get off of it. So that's amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, honestly, like anybody that's considering bariatric surgery, like, I, when I talk to him, I'm like, it was the best decision of my life. And the only regret I have is that I didn't do it sooner. I should have done it six years ago. I should have done it 10 years ago.
0: Right.
1: Um, it would have changed my life so much sooner. Um, and, you know, like, I, I know that some people get a lot of flack for like doing things or doing bariatric surgery and taking like what they call like the easy way out. Um, let me just tell you, this is not the easy way. <laughs> there I mean, are so many, I so many things.
2: Say it's the easy way out. It just, it, Pisses me off because it's I know a permanent life altering habit altering lifestyle altering change it's not the easy way in any
1: way shape form or fashion that's exactly right and so many of your habits i mean if you don't fix the your relationship with food and your like the the mental dependence you have on that stimulation like it doesn't matter whether you've had surgery or not you'll regain and yes you'll go back to your old habits, you'll go back to your old lifestyle, like it just doesn't matter, you have to change those things, and the, it's just a tool, like my friend had, he went down and had the sleeve done um, in April, and when he was preparing for, he's kind of like one of those nervous Nellies, so when he was pre- preparing for it, I kind of wanted to stab him, but he kept calling me like every, like three or four times a day, like panicked, and I was like, listen, here's the thing, surgery is a tool, and that's it, it's a tool for you to use, to utilize in your weight loss journey. Like if mm-hmm. you don't use it correctly, it doesn't work. And it is a big, it is a big deal. You should take it very seriously. When I talk to people who are like, oh, I don't take vitamins or, you know, I don't do this or or that, drink. Like I have this one friend who just drinks so much alcohol, which I mean, alcohol is not a big deal. I think in most cases, it depends on your surgeon and what they recommend. But like, I'm just like why did you have surgery you're just damaging your body like you're you're hurting yourself right and so like focusing on changing your habits is a big deal um and making sure that you take care of yourself so even if you have surgery it's just a tool if you don't utilize it the right way it's not going to work for you right so
0: what kind of support system do you have
1: um so i have a like on the medical level i have a great doctor um, who has been super supportive that way. And then at home, my husband is super supportive. Like he is amazing. Um, he makes sure that like, I have all the readily available protein that you could possibly think of. Sometimes I forget pregnancy brains are real thing. So sometimes I forget that I need to like eat in the morning and he'll be like, you need to eat, make sure you eat, make sure I have all the water that I need. He's awesome. And then also my mom and my sisters, like my extended family, everybody's been super awesome. My best friend, she's been great. Like there's just so many people that are like you, this is an awesome thing. And now I'm meeting new people that like, I, I, this might be sound weird, but maybe you'll understand. But I meet new people who didn't know me before when I was overweight and, and I almost feel a little sad. (laughs) They didn't see this journey that I went on and see how the change was. Like they didn't know who I was before and the change that that I was able to make. So, but I mean, honestly, like I've only run into a few people that have been negative about it. Almost everybody else has been positive. And I've had so many people that have asked so many great questions about what it did. And so many people who've gone on to have surgery that I've met that have changed their lives that way. So
0: yeah,
1: it's been did, great that way.
0: Did you ever have buyer's remorse?
1: No, I really didn't. Um, I really have had so few repercussions. Um, I've only been sick a few times. Uh, I've really never I really do wish that I had done it sooner. That is the only thing that uh, that I regret. I wish I had done it sooner. but other than that, no, it's been such a great change. but I, I also will say that you have to be ready for it. You have to be ready to make the change and to be um, in the right mental state to yeah. do so. So if you're not like, I think a, I see a lot of young people who, who do the surgery and like, I follow a lot of people on Instagram and things like that that are, are younger. And, and I think maybe I wouldn't have been ready then. Some of them are really ready. Some of them, maybe they needed to wait a little bit longer, but, yeah. um, but I probably wouldn't have been ready before I actually did it. So I'm glad that I'm glad that I waited. And even though I wish that I had been ready sooner, if that makes any sense.
0: So. Yeah. What was your favorite non-scale victory?
1: Um oh that's a, those are really good. I had tons of those. But I think the first time that I couldn't keep my pants up, like my jeans when I put them on and they they just fell off. I like walk out of the closet and I'm like, oh, these are not gonna stay on. That was, like, okay, uh,
2: this is no good. I mean this is good, but not good.
1: Yeah, I'm like, oh dang, I probably should go shopping. So that was probably my favorite that day. Um and also one of the other best ones was when the first time I went on an airplane and I didn't need a, t- a seatbelt extender. Yeah. Like that was amazing. So.
0: Yeah. I bet that felt really good.
1: Yeah. You look down and you see all that room on the seatbelt and you're like,
0: yes, this is awesome.
1: <laughs> so.
0: Do you have a favorite non-food reward?
1: Um, So this is going to sound crazy, but um, after I, after the first year So I lost about 160 pounds in the first year and, um, and then it took me probably another eight, eight ish months to lose the, the last 40, but, um, I, the, (laughs) I love to run. Like I never thought in a million years I would love to run, but I, that's usually how I reward myself is running um I'll, I'll get, crazy. go to the gym and get on the, <laughs> the treadmill yeah I'm like it sounds crazy but like it it is like that like there it really is a runner's high and the fact that you can do it like you you know you spend so much time overweight that you forget what it feels like to move your body yeah so that it sounds crazy but that's my favorite thing is to reward myself with a with a nice run on the treadmill it's harder now that I'm pregnant so it's been a little while. So I'm like looking forward to that time that I can go running without like damaging my, ab- my abdomen. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> how, how far did you run before?
1: Before I had surgery? No, before. Oh, before I was pregnant. Um, So I actually did a half marathon last fall.
0: Wow. And,
1: um, and I, I trained for it for a, for a while. And then, um, but I, I got my, my mile down to about eight minutes. So I was feeling pretty good <laughs> about an eight minute mile. Cause I don't think I'd, I mean, I used to walk a mile like 22 minutes. So.
0: Yeah. That's, I've gotten my mile down to like 19 something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm proud and of maybe You have a better, maybe you like something better. Like that's the, thing. I think that that's the funnest thing is like moving your body and finding something else that works for you. like finding something else more fun so
0: well the what i say you're crazy about the running but that's kind of how i feel about walking like i really enjoy getting on the treadmill and just taking a brisk walk which as of today is how many days 91 days in a row i've got oh
1: that's amazing congratulations (laughs) that's awesome
2: she keeps talking about you know what? Maybe maybe I'm I'm done with the streak, and I and I keep going. But I mean, if you make it to a hundred days, and then a hundred and twenty to make it an even four months, or-
1: yeah,
0: yeah, I don't That's know. That's
1: a good goal, but you know, one day at a
0: time. Yep. Yep. So far, the goal is one hundred days, and then I'll see what happens after that. Re-
2: reevaluate
1: after. Yeah, well, and then you got to reward yourself, so you got to think about a good reward for that.
0: Oh, you make an excellent point. Yes.
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you have anything that was um, physically or emotionally challenging during your your weight loss journey?
1: Oh, there were a few days where I cried a lot because I don't really think I realized that I used food to feel the emptiness. Yeah. Like I felt empty a lot at the be- especially at the beginning because you know you really can't eat anything. And um and you 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 also don't realize how social food is.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's
1: it's such a social experience. And so there were a lot of times I you know spend some crying time in the bathroom um at like social events. One of the hardest things for me was I lost my hair and I always had thinner hair anyway um the polycystic ovarian syndrome strain that i had was high testosterone and that leads to like either like facial hair or like male pattern baldness and Mm -hmm. mine was male pattern baldness so i never really had it it's always it had always been fine and thin anyway but i i lost it in handfuls and that was really hard but and I still, it still hasn't really, like, I know a lot of people have a lot of success in growing back and mine's grown, grown back some, but not a ton. And, and so I had to learn alternative methods. So like now I wear a topper or a wig and, and actually I'm surprised, but it's been one of the most positive, it turned into one of the most positive experiences. It was really hard at first, but now I like, I don't even have to get ready. I just toss a wig on. It's beautiful. My husband's like, "Wow, you get ready so fast!" (laughs) Oh yeah. But yeah, I'm a little. He's bald as well, so I'm a little worried about baby girl. I keep being like, "Hey, grow some hair in there," (laughs)
0: because
1: you don't want to have mommy's life. (laughs) But um, but yeah, that was that was a really emotional experience, and and one that a lot of people, not just women, go through. Like, um that the hormones just get out of control and really a lot of them do grow back. I see a ton of people are like, I just grew my back. It took a couple of months, but mine just hasn't come back in any real capacity. So, but there's always alternatives. Like you just have to look at the, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm too Pollyanna, but you have to look at the bright side of whatever situation is. So I try to always take that. I mean, I'll have a couple of down times, but try to take the positive with it. So
0: besides the baby, what are you looking forward to the most in the next year?
1: Oh, I can't wait to start running again, but that sounds so lame. Um, <laughs> also, no, my husband, I
2: don't think that right. sounds lame at
1: all. Well, I think it's awesome. Like I think I might do another half marathon and that's something that I'm going to definitely look into, but um, my husband and I are going to take a trip. Like we, uh we didn't, we got married and then found out we were pregnant and so we didn't, go we wanted to save money for the baby so we didn't go on a honeymoon so we're going to take a trip when she's about six months and we're going to just go to Mexico or go to Jamaica we haven't decided where we're going to go but somewhere tropical and I just can't wait to get back into a bathing suit and just walk around in a bathing suit for days oh yeah, so, yeah.
0: that'll be awesome
1: yeah I'm super excited about that and then, and then I actually am planning to have reconstructive surgery at some point so oh, are you yeah, definitely. That. Oh, I should say that's another one. Like a lot of people ask if there's extra skin, and like they're afraid, and I was too. I was so afraid of extra skin, and now I'm like, that was a dumb thing to be afraid of. Don't be afraid of extra skin, people. Just like it's it's normal, and you know, you there's always ways to fix it or get around it or or not deal with it too. Like I have a, I'm a sports massage therapist, like I mentioned before, but I have a client that had lost about 150 pounds. And it took she did it naturally. And it took her like five years. And she has all this extra skin. And I asked her one time if she had ever planned on having having it removed. And she's like, no, it's a part of me like, you know, it didn't bother her. So like, there's definitely like,
0: all kinds of options that come along with that. But
1: someday, maybe in a few years, I'll have reconstructive surgery. So
0: do you think you'll go back to Tijuana for it? I probably will actually. So
1: I, I think that there's something really. This, this is my opinion. So, but I think there's something really broken about the U.S. medical system.
0: Oh, one hundred percent.
1: And so I'll get Chris going on it. it. It really is a sad, sad thing. Like it's, it's. I felt like in Mexico, like everybody was like, "Well, they're just they just want money," and I'm like, "And and they should get paid for what they do, but they're not. They're not just after money. They actually care about your health. It's yeah. here." It's here that they only care about
2: exactly. It, the,
1: you're just a commodity to them. It's
2: insurance. It's yeah. uh, paying for privileges. It's yeah. Like Amanda said, I I I can go off on a a two hour tirade about the U S medical system, but
1: it's pretty sad. It's a sad yeah. thing. I mean, um, Amanda
2: went to Mexico and had zero complications, zero issues. The the facility just like you said was very nice and clean and welcoming and it was less than a third of what we would have paid here in the U.S.
1: Yeah and you got more out of it that's the thing like I just kept trying to explain to people you get more out of this Um, one of my friends is an attorney and so she actually checked the the surgeon out to make sure that he didn't have like tons of like malpractice problems, and then one of my other friends vets surgeons for a local university hospital and she she went through and checked all of his credentials and she's like that he's so credentialed like he has all this training and thats I think that people just get this uh, idea that if you're if you didn't go to an American school, if you're not trained here then you you're not educated and that's just' it's not
2: almost like it's propaganda. Like yes. you have to be U.S. trained, you have to be U.S. educated, U.S. insured, and and U.S. burdened.
0: Otherwise,
2: you're you're getting subpar. And yeah, and just not
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: I started looking into. I want to do plastic surgery, like right around, right after my year. And I've started looking into different surgeons in Tijuana.
1: There's some great ones. Yeah. Honestly. And the surgeons. Sorry, go ahead.
0: It's the cost difference is ridiculous.
1: It's really like it shows. It really shows the inflation that we're paying here. Yeah. And so much of it goes to the hospital administration. Like so much of it goes. To, it's not like the doctors are lining their pockets with all that extra money. Yeah. It, the hospitals are.
2: Yeah. Because the doctors have to pay the malpractice out of their own pocket. So yeah. they're, yeah. you know, unless they're private practice, hospitals aren't paying for it. So they're having to increase their rates. And like you said, most of that goes to hospital and hospital administration. And hospitals are a, in general, are a for-profit business. So. Yep.
1: But I don't So many people don't realize that it is for-profit. You're giving me a look like, shut up, Chris. <laughs> you're, you're, I like you, Chris. Don't I like your attitude out. about it. It's the truth. And I'm like, I don't want to like make everybody be like, you have to go do medical tourism. I mean, if you have great insurance and it covers surgery, that's the, a great way to go. But yes. like, I had such a great experience down there that I would recommend it to everyone.
0: Yeah, me too. And
1: I feel like uh, I feel like so many of because you know, like I said, I'd I'd researched several clinics, and I feel like so many people have such positive experiences. And I don't really think it matters what clinic that you pick, as long as it suits the needs that you have.
0: Exactly because
1: they all and and basically they're they're relying on your review to build their business, so they're going to treat you with the best care that they possibly can. Yeah. So
0: what tips would you give somebody just starting out on their journey?
1: Um, well, that's a good question. Uh, ask all the questions. Like there is no dumb question. Ask every question you possibly can. There are so many things that I didn't ask that I wish I had asked. Like, um, I see a lot of people asking questions about recovery. I didn't even think about recovery. Make sure that you ask about recovery, how long you're going to be out of work how much downtime you're actually going to need. Um, and ask questions about nutrition and understand the diet that you'll be on afterwards. Mine was very regimented some, some aren't, but like really look at, you know, what the diet's going to look like and prepare yourself Yeah, you know, make sure that you have your protein shakes, make sure that you have your broth ready and, and know that it, it's a struggle for everyone. Um, Like I, a lot of people are like, I'm just dying. I'm just, and some people aren't hungry when they come out of surgery. I was famished. Like I was like chewing on ice chips because I was, I just wanted something to chew, but I'd I'd been on a liquid diet for about a week when I had surgery. And then, you know, you're looking at two more weeks of liquid and you just want to like die. So I was like chewing on ice chips and, and I really miss coffee. Like coffee was really hard. So like, make sure that you're prepared for those things. Um, And line up, take the time that you can. If you can take the time off work, take that time. And then be patient with yourself. Um, My friend that had surgery in April, he had a stall, which I think is pretty normal, about two to three weeks. And he was so hard on himself. Your body is healing. It's going to take time. Just be gentle. Be gentle with yourself because it's hard. And and you're still healing. I mean, my surgeon said you're still going to be healing a year from now you had major surgery. So like, just remember that it's going to take time for your body to heal and it will happen. Like now he, now, you know, now he's what, four months out and he's laughing at himself because he's down 110 pounds.
0: Oh wow. Like, you know,
1: yeah. I know boys suck. Don't they? They do. <laughs> um, they, they lose it so fast. It takes girls a lot longer. But um, but now he's laughing at himself, and I laugh at him too because, like, you were so wrapped up in the fact that you had a stall for like four days. Like, calm down. Like, it just takes time. You're still inflamed. Your body's still adjusting. So be patient, like, with yourself and with the process, because it will work.
0: So Um, I think that's the perfect spot to end. We have really enjoyed chatting with you, and good luck with pregnancy. That's so exciting. Thank
1: you so much. This was great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Of course. I'm glad you could join us.
1: Well, will
0: your evening.
1: Okay, great. You guys have a great night.
0: Thank you. You, you too. too. Thank
1: you. Talk Bye. to you later.